Lecture topic. Importance of respect. Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah wa kafa. Salatu wa salamu ala ibadihi al-ladheen astafa. Amma ba'du fa'a'udhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim. Bismillahir rahmanir rahim. وَمَنْ يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ما نحل والد ولدا من نحل أفضل من أدب حسن أو كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسسفكت العلماء الكرام بدزن اللز Allah Ta'ala's various makhluqat and creation Allah in His hikmat has created each creation in a unique way and then the various different species have different characteristics animals have a very different characteristic then there are among the animals also different types of animals And then like that, maybe so many other makhluk of Allah tabaraka wa ta'ala. But out of all the different creation, Allah ta'ala then gave special virtue and position to insan. Allah ta'ala blessed insan with aql, with that level of intelligence which no other makhluk has. Otherwise, other makhluqat are also endowed with a lot of intelligence. But insan surpasses everything. If this insan becomes a real insan, then he becomes such a great makhluq of Allah Ta'ala that he surpasses even the angels. And Allah forbid that if he does not maintain what he's supposed to have maintained in terms of what Allah Ta'ala blessed him with that intelligence and used it in the correct way and learn to recognize Allah Ta'ala and conduct himself not just like any insan but an insan who is a abd and a slave of Rahman then if he didn't do this he goes to such a position where Allah Ta'ala says inhum illa kal an'am bal hum adal that they are like animals rather worse than animals also. So if he ascends and he gets better and he improves himself, he goes so high, he surpasses the angels. And Allah forbid if he falls, he can fall below animals also. Now there are many many things that make this insan truly an insan. Obviously the first and foremost thing is Iman. Without Iman, then there's nothing. There's nothing in the Akhirat at all, because the ticket to Jannat is Iman. Iman is missing, person left this world without Iman, he's doomed to eternal Jahannam. So Akhirat, there's obviously nothing without Iman, totally nothing. But even dunya without Iman, it's just a deception. Then those whom Allah Ta'ala has blessed with Iman, what distinguishes them is the qualities of Iman also in them. Iman is the essence, 
but the person got iman but he didn't allow the qualities of iman to flourish in him the qualities of iman to adorn him the qualities of iman to shine out in every aspect of his life that Allah forbid sometimes on the surface this person is insan and out there is some animal but in terms of conduct and behavior sometimes it will be hard to distinguish one from the other so this insan is distinguished by sifat by qualities that is what makes him stand out most essential quality is iman then there are numerous qualities of iman and many of these things have been mentioned in the hadith sharif as being part of iman for example in one hadith sharif the quality of simplicity Nabi Kareem says innal bazadata minal iman simplicity this is from iman so extravagance and just trying to and squandering wealth and trying to just make a name of oneself, oneself and what not that got nothing to do with the way of iman that's far away from the way of iman Allah Ta'ala has blessed somebody with halal ni'mads he'll use it, make shukar but not that it is now squandered in things that are just wasteful so innal bazazata minal iman simplicity is from iman and in a light banner on Hadith Sharif, Nabi Karim says, Haya is from Iman. Like this, there are many, many things. So we are talking about what makes insan distinguished from other makhluk, from animals, etc. So obviously it is Iman. But then among the many, many qualities, everything plays a role in, in the life of this insan. But in particular, two things play a very central role in this aspect of how he conducts himself how he is distinguished from others how he becomes a real insan so many things have everything has its place and everything is necessary but two things are very very fundamental one is haya and the other is adab haya and adab when there is haya and adab then that person will stand out and not just that person will stand out that person will be able to be a true ambassador of deen now for example to be an abid to be a person who has a tremendous zeal for ibadat and he is mashallah engaged a lot in ibadat alhamdulillah an excellent thing but generally, where is that ibadat going to take place? The ibadat is going to take place indoors somewhere, generally. By and large, it's going to be indoors. It's going to be inside the masjid, inside his house. Some place indoors, generally 99% of the time. On odd occasion, he's traveling somewhere. He stops somewhere for his salah. He's at some airport. He's on some station. He's in some flight. He's on some train. Whatever it might be, and it's time for salah. So Alhamdulillah, he'll perform his salade and he should never be shy to perform that salade that has got nothing to be with nothing, no link with haya in any way that, that is a weakness that a person is feeling shy to perform his salah because he's on a flight 
or because he's an ap- at an airport or he's traveling somewhere now, he has to stop at a garage or wherever on the road and perform his salah. So now everybody around, they don't have iman here. What they going to think? What they going to think? They will think that this person is worshipping Allah. What else are they going to think? This person is worshipping his Rabb. And if they think anything else, that they detriment. But this mu'min should never ever feel shy to perform his ibadat when it's time for it. His fard, he never ever compromises on it. But in any case, generally that ibadat will take place indoors. So out there, nobody knows, mashallah, how committed he is to ibadat, how much of tasbihat he makes, how much of tilawat he makes, etc. And all this is wonderful, it's excellent. But that doesn't become a message to Islam for generally the person out there. Because that is behind closed doors or inside indoors. A person, mashallah, he has the zeal for sadaqah. It's very charitable. So now generally he's very charitable, but how he's going to conduct himself and how is he going to fulfill this zeal of his in the best possible way. And what is going to be the best possible way? وَرَجُلٌ تَصَدَّقَ بِصَدَقَةٍ فَأَخْفَاهَا حَتَّى لَا تَعْلَمَ شِمَالُهُ مَا تُنْفِقُ يَمِينُهُ He is going to do it in such a way that as mentioned in one hadith sharif, Nabiya Kareem mentions the seven categories of people who will be blessed with the shade of the arsh on the day of Qiyamah. One of the seven categories, that person who gives sadaqah and he does it in such a secret way that his right hand, his left hand doesn't know what his right hand spends. What means is that he between him and Allah Ta'ala. In other words, if the hands could have had perception, supposing the hands could perceive, see and understand, then the right hand when it was spending, the left hand won't know about it. That's how secretly it will be done, without any crave for any name, fame, any kind of recognition. So now he's going to give sadaqah, mashallah, very great ibadat. So his salah indoors, his fasting, even the person sitting next to him doesn't know about it. His hajj, hajj is in a specific place and time. And, mashallah, his sadaqah, his zakat, between him and Allah Ta'ala. So now what is going to be the face of Islam that the people out there are going to see? The face of Islam that the people out there are going to see is not his garb. Because that will just be a momentary thing. They'll see it from a distance, okay, this person is a Muslim. But they will see through that when they interact with him. When they interact with him, then they'll see through the garb. They'll see what's coming out from deep down inside the heart. Sometimes the person is now and genuinely provoked. Somebody provoked him, somebody did something that was wrong, completely wrong. But now his reaction, his reaction was nowhere close to what the reaction of a mu'min should be. Yes, he's hurt, he's offended, and whatever else happened, and somebody said, and he's entitled to take whatever his right is, etc. But how he went about it? Now when that haya and adab is missing, then there'll be a very different color that will come out. Imam has alwan, colors. Like how we see colors around us, these are all the colors of Iman. Sibhat Allah. The Quran Sharif Allah speaks about the color of Allah, meaning that the color of haya, the color of adab, the color of simplicity, the color of all these various attributes of Iman, this is a color. Not the color that we can see with our eyes, 
and the different things that we see in terms of the shades around us this is an internal color and all the different colors they adorn the external self a home now is something is one portion is painted one color another portion is painted another color and then there's some uh, trimmings here and there and all makes it stand out all these alwan and colors of iman adorn the heart and there's no color to be seen externally but that color comes out in a person's mannerisms in his actions in his words in how he interacts with people how he treats others all that color comes out so and that's why they say sometimes when a person speaks or depending on what language he's speaking they say colorful language because he's speaking some other kind of language there's all kinds of things in there so now the point again coming to the what was the, the point we are making is that the very essential and fundamental attributes that distinguish this insan from other makhluqat is the aspect of haya and adab and this is what is being attacked from every angle by whoever has whatever agenda that if haya and adab are destroyed in the life of a muslim then there is no need to fear anything then they can make as much salah as they want and they can make as much ibadat as they want but they will not be able to stand in the way of our agenda because they will flow with it lack of haya especially they will flow with our agenda they will be carried along because when there is no haya اِذَا فَاتَكَ الْحَيَا فَفْعَ الْمَاشِئِتَ Hadith Sharif says that when haya is lost then do as you please meaning you will do anything and everything under the sun there will be no barrier to anything and deen, deen is all about adab ad-deenu adabun kullu entirely it is adab everything in deen is about adab take adab out of the equation it's just an external structure lifeless, soulless and Allah forbid one, some gust will just blow it all away Abdullah bin Mubarak very very great personality great muhaddith, great mujahid and great Allah wala contemporary of Imam Abu Hanifa rahimahullah so here's one statement the mashayikh quote very very often highlighting this aspect about adab and he says man tahawana bil adab uqiba bi hirmani sunnah now often these aspects of adab are taken for granted well it's a matter of adab it's a matter of etiquette it's a matter of just etiquette that's how we say it so if a person did it well and good he didn't do it, it's no big deal so one is a person didn't manage to do it but the other is he left it out not because it was something beyond him at that moment or something that would have taken extra effort and right at that time he was perhaps unable to or finding a little difficult whatever the case is out of sheer neglect out of sheer neglect and not regarding it as anything really important let's carry on with life he is the one who compromises on adab what will be the outcome the outcome of this will be uqiba bi hirmani sunnah he will be deprived of sunnah in his life sunnah will disappear now in terms of salah for example 
a person doesn't take care of the adab, he sooner or later won't be taking care of the sunnahs also. He'll be cutting corners here and there and everywhere. Whereas adab, adab is the essence of everything. So now the person who compromises adab and just neglects it and trivializes it, tahawun, you see guys, very light, nothing important really to give too much attention to, he'll get deprived of the sunnah. And then that won't stop there, then he's going to start disregarding the sunnah also as something not too important, okay, it's fine, not too important, when that comes in his life, man tahawana bi sunnah, oqiba bi hirmanil faraiz. He is going to, this is going to lead to getting deprived of even faraiz. And when that happens, man tahawana bil faraiz, sometimes he must salah, it became qaza, and he said, well, I'll make it later. It didn't even occur to him, I've committed a very major sin. I'll make the qaza, and sometimes not even that too. This brings him to the border of iman. Man tahawana bil faraiz, uqiba bi hirmanil ma'rifah. Allah forbid his iman is on the line. Don't know when something can happen. So if I am deen is all about adab and haya. So haya, haya is a very clear aspect which we've discussed many many times. Just to touch on this aspect of adab a little. That deen, everything in deen is on the foundation of adab. If you just take our salah for that matter, just as an example, so the most fundamental adab is obviously for Allah Ta'ala. The most fundamental adab obviously is for Allah Ta'ala. And when a person stands in salah, so now how is he meant to stand in salah? Nabi Karim Salaam taught us, he stands with his hands folded. That is an entire posture of adab. His head lowered, his gaze to the ground. Person is standing in front of a very great king of dunya also, then he stands with respect. Here he is standing in front of Ahkamul Hakimin. He is standing in front of Rabbul Alameen. In front of Allah Ta'ala. Now the very posture that Nabi Kareem Salaam taught us, he taught us how to stand with utmost adab. The Hadith Sharif he says, stop looking around, otherwise it's perhaps your, your gaze can get snatched away. Maintain that adab in salah. Now then, as he progresses in that salah, his adab increases. Now he's in ruku, and then he's in sajda. And in ruku and sajda, he has been forbidden from reciting Quran Sharif. That Quran Sharif is the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. This should be recited standing. In ruku and sajda, now glorify Allah Ta'ala. This is a, a posture now, you're lowering yourself. The kalam of Allah Ta'ala to be recited in the standing posture. Now, these are all nikat and points that the muhaddithin have extracted. But the lesson in all this is, the entire salah is all about adab. Every posture is a manifestation of adab in front of Allah Ta'ala. Al-adab ma'allah. And then, the salah, the very soul of the salah is the khushu of the heart. That is the essence of adab. That now the heart is taken away from everything else and it is focused towards Allah That is adab. If somebody is talking to us or we talking to somebody, there's a conversation, but he's looking somewhere else. He's talking to us, but looking somewhere else. You try to grab his attention again, so he turns the other way around, looking somewhere else again. 
person got no respect where is he looking he's talking to who and where he's looking so likewise the gaze of the heart in salah towards Allah wa ta'ala that's the adab now the entire salah is all about adab once one sahabi asked Nabi Kareem sallallahu that if a person is alone he's in privacy now there are certain parts of the body which are satar which must be covered he cannot expose that part of the body in front of anybody else so that's satar but what if he's in privacy so he's alone there's nobody there and there's no need at that time for exposing that portion of the body but there's nobody present so Nabi Kareem replied and said فَاللَّهُ أَحَقُّ أَن يُسْتَحْيَا مِنْ Allah is more deserving of haya that this might be privacy from insan but when there is no need for something then Allah is more deserving of that haya so maintain that haya for Allah Ta'ala aspect of adab and haya now this is respect is haya also and that comes out of this adab for Allah Ta'ala this adab for Allah Ta'ala demands haya and haya demands adab these two things go hand in glove now this is one aspect of deen in terms of adab for Allah Ta'ala which is the most essential but then everything in deen is all about adab the azan so we hear the azan we hear mashallah we have that good fortune of hearing the azan daily and sometimes in some areas we have multiple azans for each salah Allah Ta'ala has very great na'mat and bounty Allah Ta'ala keep this continuing till the last moment of dunya but what's the adab at the time of azan and the hadith sharif it comes that the person who is, listens to the azan attentively and he replies to the muazzin now all this is stemming out of adab he's listening attentively that's adab and then he's taught to reply to the muazzin the muazzin says Allahu Akbar Allahu Akbar so he replies Hayya ala salah Hayya ala falah he replies with la hawla wa la quwata illa billah now he listened attentively that's part of the hadith sharif and then he replies to the muazzin that listening attentively is the it starts off on this note and that's adab that's the adab and now he listened to the azan, replied to it and now when the azan is completed then he recites the dua after azan all this is part of now adab and etiquette for the azan Allahumma rabba hadihi da'wati tamma till the end of the dua so Nabi Kareem says this has been so beloved to Allah Ta'ala wajabat lahu shafa'ati my intercession becomes compulsory for such a person he listened attentively and he replied and then he recited this dua after azan my intercession becomes compulsory for him Mullah Ali Qari says of fihi isharatun ila basharati husnil khatima that in this is an indication that this person is being given the glad tidings of death on iman because intercession of Nabi Kareem will only be for the mu'mineen not for the, those without iman now what is the essence of this entire amal it was based on adab and some additional aspects adab was the key factor in it unfortunately because this adab is being lost there is no distinction now between who is senior and who is junior 
who's got what position and maqam everything is fine all are one whereas this position and maintaining this seniority etc all this has been taught to us in deen in how to speak correctly adab in speech that is taught to us as well this is something which the anbiya alayhi salatu wasalam teach us in their responses which allah taala mentions in the quran sharif adam alayhi salatu wasalam he completely forgot the quran sharif says and declares it fa nasiya wa lam najid lahu azma allah taala had commanded and forbidden them from eating from a certain tree he totally forgot and somebody forgets something then he is overlooked because he totally forgot and allah taala is aware that he forgot allah is declaring in the quran sharif fa nasiya wa lam najid lahu azma he forgot there was no deliberate intention to do the wrong and yet despite that allah taala questioned that what is did i not forbid you from eating this now how do you do this so the simple answer is yalla i forgot but by saying i forgot in a way it is sort of saying that well i should be excused and i am excused what did he say so the lesson our parents left for us qala rabbana walamna anfusana wa illam taghfir lana wa tarhamna lanakunanna minal khasirin despite having not been deliberately involved in any wrong they made i'tiraf qasur they acknowledged their mistake allah wa mistake rabbana walamna anfusana ya allah we oppressed ourselves if you don't forgive us and you don't have mercy upon us lanakunanna minal khasirin will be among the losers this is an entire response of adab adab with allah taala adab with rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam allah taala cautions in the quran sharif la tarfa'u aswatakum fawqa sawtin nabi don't raise your voice above, above the voice of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam don't call out to him like you call one another shout to somebody otherwise this is such a severe matter whereas this is what is it it's disrespect but after all is disrespect of who disrespect of rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam this is such a major thing that allah taala says an tahbata a'malukum wa antum la tashurun if you get involved in this level of disrespect for rasulullah sallallahu alaihi wasallam it may result in all your a'mal being nullified everything wiped out and the muhaddisin mufassirin explain a'mal iman is an amal as well the warning is allah forbid iman might get wiped out also meaning the consequence would be might do something that even iman would go but we stem from disrespect so this respect is a very essential thing in deen and minus respect then the whole structure of deen will start crumbling we spoke about azan just to understand this aspect of respect in the light of one incident which hazrat mashawari thanvi rahmatullah alayhi wrote about one woman elderly person she simple person didn't have any extra knowledge about anything very simple basics she carried on with in her last moments of life 
she is suddenly saying something in Arabic. So now the people around were surprised. She never spoke Arabic her whole life. She didn't know Arabic. What is she saying? So they quickly called, went and called somebody, some alim in the vicinity. Please come and hear what is this person saying. We don't know what she's saying. She is speaking Arabic. She never spoke Arabic her whole life. And she's very critical. He brought somebody and came. So he came again. So after a while again she repeated. These two people, which two people she is seeing, others can't see, they are not seeing anything. Because in that stage of life, when a person is one leg in and one leg out already, then already the akhirat is opened out. Many things of the akhirat which insan can't see are already now open, because this is now already one step into the akhirat. So she is seeing somebody, and she's saying, these two people are saying to me, you enter straight into Jannat. And shortly after she passed away. Now this was a very ajeeb thing, very great way to go. So in any case now they started raising the curiosity about what was so special about her. Eventually he said nothing special about her. She was just an ordinary person, fulfilled all her obligations of deen, did whatever her responsibilities and duties were. But yes, there was something very special about her in the sense that Whenever the Azan goes, she would stop everything. She would stop everything and reply to the Azan and she would ensure nobody around also is engaged in anything. Children, whoever, everybody must stop everything and everybody must reply to the Azan. Now that adab and respect for the Azan, Allah knows best, that became the means of this great basharat and glad tiding even while she was still partly in dunya and became an ibrat and a lesson for people around. Aspect of adab. The aspect of adab has sometimes such a profound effect. The well-known incident of Junaid Baghdadi Rahmatullah His early life, his early life was a very different life, far away from Deen. But he was the champion wrestler of the time, the king's favorite wrestler. And now one day, people would come and throw the challenge. So now again there was some challenge the king put out, who's ready for this challenge and big prize money. One old man came along and he said, I'm going to challenge him. So this became like a joke. This person is going to challenge Junaid Baghdadi. What is this person is looking for uh, some, some kind of way to now, he's trying to commit suicide or what is he up to? But when this person insisted, so it became like, okay, it will be some entertainment, let it happen. So now eventually the time came and now this wrestling match was to start and now both Tunaid Baghdadi and this elderly person now get into the ring. So now initially they're starting just to show some of the antics. So in that moment, this person comes very close to Junaid Baghdadi Rahmatullah Now nobody can hear what he's saying and he very quickly whispers something. And he says, you know I have no match to you. I can't match your strength in any way. There's no way I'm going to be able to challenge you. But what he said is then that my children, I'm a Sayyid. To start off with, I'm a Sayyid. I'm from the progeny of Rasulullah Sallallahu and my children are starving. 
And if today you can accept defeat, I'll get the prize money, I'll feed them. Now this was, again it might sound like, but of all things, why he had to come and do it here now? Why couldn't he do it some other time in some other way? He could have asked somebody for some help. But sometimes Allah Ta'ala makes this situation come up, it becomes a test. And sometimes when a person reacts correctly on the spot, in a very difficult moment, that can become something that really takes him at high speed up. That one moment can make his life a very testing moment. And in that very testing moment he passed the test. That testing moment can be anything. That testing moment might be somebody is offering him some few million now in a haram way, some bribe, whatever else. And now he came suddenly out of the blue and he says, sorry, I don't touch this. This is totally forbidden, haram. I will never, never touch it. Now that was a testing moment, already ready cash days in his hand. And he didn't give in. That testing moment could have been on the street. Suddenly there was such a situation where somebody passed by and it seemed like if he doesn't look now, that accidental glance and he turned away, but now if he doesn't look again, that it means like maybe his heart is going to shatter, it break. And shaitan and nafs all conspire now to grab his own attention. And in that testing moment he says, Allah is watching. Nobody else knows me here, I'm in a foreign land, I'm in Timbuktu somewhere, wherever. Insan don't know me around, but my Rabb is watching. And in that testing moment, he passes the test. That moment as he passes that test, that will do such wonders for him, which maybe years of ibadat, he won't reach that point. That years of ibadat will benefit him tremendously, but this will take him in one moment past that also. That testing moment might have been a moment of severe provocation. Anger was provoked severely. But at that moment he acted on al-kazimin al-ghayz, wal-afina anil-nas, wallahu yuhibbul muhsinin. He acted on the ayat of the Quran Sharif solely for Allah Ta'ala's pleasure. وَالْكَعْزِمِينَ الْغَيْزِ Those who suppress their anger because this anger would have been purely for nafs, purely for just the provocation of the nafs. So he decided, I'm going to practice on the ayat. وَالْكَعْزِمِينَ الْغَيْزِ I will forgive now. وَالْعَافِينَ عَنِ النَّاسِ And I will make some ihsan as well. Allah knows best. That moment can catapult him to which height? It's just sometimes that one moment, they call it sometimes the moment of acceptance. The moment of acceptance is not just something that one passing moment, but that moment of acceptance in which he did something of acceptance. In that moment of acceptance, you're doing some haram, he's not going to get accepted. That is why in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Karim says, Inna lillahi ta'ala nafahatun fil ard, fata'arradu laha. There are these special moments of time that come from Allah Ta'ala's side. These rays of the mercy of Allah Ta'ala. Nabi Sallallahu says, present yourself for it. Do something of acceptance so that you get accepted at another level. In that special moment. So now, in that moment, that testing moment, the person does the right thing in that right time. Allah knows best way he can reach. That can turn his entire life for the better. So Junaid Baghdadi, this became his test. Now he is this champion wrestler.
everybody is waiting for this entertainment where he probably might try to show them how he can floor this person down by just blowing at him hard enough. They're probably waiting for that moment. And now he must accept defeat at the hands of this person. And for what? You tell him, no worry, I will do what I have to do now. Later on I'll give you the prize money, it's alright. But right now there was something else in front of him. Person said something very, very significant right at the beginning. I am from the progeny of Rasulullah. So now how can I humiliate this person? So what happened? He decided to adopt adab and respect for this lineage of Rasulullah. He decided to respect this link, respect this attribution. That this person is from the lineage of Nabi Kareem. And now what must have gone through his heart and mind at that time? How he must, what bujahada he must have made within himself? That come what may today, today I am going to accept defeat at the hands of somebody who cannot even really hit me hard enough. So now initially just pretending to now have this match and fight and sort of battling to drop one another down and then eventually he just drops down, appears to be flawed by this person and long and short eventually the person now becomes the victor, he is defeated, everybody is in shock and this person takes that prize money and is gone. But what became his condition? Now he left from here, dejected, down, everybody, somebody is laughing at him maybe. But he didn't do it for any other purpose. He did it out of this adab and respect. Respect for what? For this progeny of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu When he went home, there was something else in his heart. His whole, the heart had changed. Previously the heart was craving for the recognition of dunya, for the name and fame of dunya, for the wealth of dunya and for all the things of dunya, now it was craving for Rabbul dunya. It was craving for Rabbul Alameen. He was searching for him within himself. He woke up as a new person searching for Allah Ta'ala. And he went into the company of the Ahlullah of the time and became among the Sayyidul Awliya. But what became that moment that turned everything adab? Adab. Outwardly it seemed like a small part, just something in passing, something happened, came, went. Bishr Hafi Rahimahullah, well known incidents, these are incidents that are repeatedly heard. But the Imurat to take from it, the Imurat and the lesson, he is in this drunken state of his, that was his life, drink, and that's how he carried on. And in the drunken state, nevertheless, as he's walking, and he sees something lying, which is a, some paper, and he saw something which looked like ayat of the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala's name. In that state, he picked it up. All soiled in mud, brought it home, cleaned it, perfumed it. He had some little bit of, say, one dirham or something. He bought some ether with that, and he perfumed it. And then he kept it on a high place with adab, kept it on a high place in a respectful manner and then in his drunken state he went to sleep. But now this was a moment, in that moment he was in whatever condition he was, but he, this moment he took, he grabbed this moment and he did the right thing at that moment 
in terms of adab. He sees a dream and he's being told in the dream that you honored our name, we will honor you. And he also woke up the next day as a new person, sought the company of the pious of the time, and he became among the great awliya of the time and whose name is still shining till today. What became the catalyst for the change? Adab. But nowadays that Adab doesn't matter who, what, where, elder, senior, parent, grandparent, doesn't matter, everything is free fall. And as a result, that which is a special characteristic of this mu'min, that which makes him stand out, that which makes him shine, and which makes him shine in front of insan also, more than that he'll shine in the court of Allah Ta'ala. That we are losing. Other for the Qur'an Sharif, how is the Qur'an Sharif kept, how it is handled, how it is opened, how its pages are turned, Everything is to do with Adab. How a person speaks, how he conducts himself. Everything to do with Adab. And unfortunately this Adab is fast leaving us. The language, Adab is gone out of the language. Once upon a time there was the choice of words would be, would be governed by what is the dictates of Adab. Certain things would never be mentioned in certain gatherings, certain circles, a person sitting around, depending who's around there, certain things would never be mentioned. Now it doesn't matter who's sitting where, what goes on, anything is free fall. Well, what's the big deal about this? Everybody's talking like this, everybody's doing these things. So everybody's doing it, does that mean it becomes fine? Does that mean it becomes everything okay? Adab is the essential thing. Adab is so essential in the acquisition of ilm and knowledge. Says one of the most essential things is Adab. When there is genuine Adab, Adab enlightens the heart. And when Adab enlightens the heart, then that heart can understand it correctly. Now that heart will understand that knowledge correctly. And when that knowledge has been understood correctly, then there will be the chance of practicing on it properly. And when it's going to be practiced on correctly, then that will bring about adab for Allah Ta'ala. And that will open out the door of ma'rifat for Allah Ta'ala. The starting point became adab again. And when adab is missing, and adab is missing, then it will become free for all. Then it will mean nothing. You find somebody is studying the Quran Sharif, it's on the floor what? And if somebody tells him about it too, he wants to challenge that. What's the problem with this? Sitting with his legs facing the Qibla, stretched out towards the Qibla. Why? Because he's just tired. So what's, what's the deal for this? In the Hadith Sharif, we have been very strongly, it has been mentioned, that for example, a person now, he is releasing himself, La qibla. He should not be facing the Qibla while relieving himself, nor facing his back towards the Qibla. Now he is thousands of miles away from the Kaaba Sharif. He is inside an enclosed space. But this is the Adab of the Qibla, the Adab of the Kaaba Sharif. So when that is the Adab of the Kaaba Sharif, will he sit in the presence of some senior person 
sit in the, some court of law or whatever, but sit there with his legs stretched out in front of the judge. See, no, no, this is not in keeping with the etiquette of the court. But the etiquette of the court that he knows, but the etiquette of Allah Ta'ala's Kaaba Sharif that he doesn't know. One person kissed the Quran Sharif. So somebody now, what's this now? Where this came from? So he said, no, it's other with respect. He says, well, where you got this from? Where's this form of respect? It so happened that that same person who was asking the question, just prior to that, some teacher of his had passed there. So he stopped to greet him and then he kissed his forehead. So now he was saying that this no, no, you're kissing this Quran Sharif, this is bid'ah. So he said, well, that is bid'ah what you just did also. If this is bid'ah, then that is bid'ah also. So now he stopped to think about it. So he said, no, 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 this can't be bid'ah. So now, just because of how things happen and gradually how things just slip away, people get caught up in this confusion and we lose out on essential things like adab. But when adab goes, there's no vacuum. What fills the vacuum is the lack of adab, disrespect. And disrespect is one of the most dangerous things. As seen in that ayat of the Quran Sharif, where disrespect for Nabi Kareem Wasallam, the warning was, It could even nullify your iman. So this is a very, very essential teaching of deen. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq that we keep adab alive. Adab in every facet of deen, every facet of life. We keep adab alive, adab in terms of our relationships, our interactions, adab in every matter of deen, keeping adab alive in our generations to come, teaching our children adab. This is an extremely important aspect and this is the safeguard of their deen and our deen. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala give us the tawfiq.
جز اللہ عنہ نبینا محمد صلی اللہ علیہ وسلم بما هو اہل یا ربی صلی وسلم دائما ابدا علی حبیبک خیر الخلق کلہم ربنا غلمنا انفسنا غلمنا انفسنا غلمنا انفسنا وإن لم تخفر لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين لا إله إلا الله الحليم الكريم سبحان الله رب العرش العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين نسألك موجبات رحمتك وعزائم مغفرتك والغنيمة من كل بر والسلامة من كل إثم اللهم لا تدع لنا ذنبا إلا غفرته ولا هما إلا فرجته ولا حاجة هي لك رضا إلا قضيتها ويسرتها يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين يا أرحم الراحمين إله العالمين يا الله most merciful, most gracious, most kind, most loving Allah إله العالمين يا الله forgive us يا الله يا الله forgive us يا الله Allah forgive all our major and minor sins, Ya Allah. Forgive the entire ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah, guide us to your pleasure, Ya Allah. Save us from everything that displeases you, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us the strength of Iman, Ya Allah. Allah, bless us with all the sifat of Iman, Ya Allah. Allah, grant us haya, Ya Allah. Bless us with adab, Ya Allah. Bless us with all the attributes of Iman, Ya Allah. Allah, save us from everything that, Ya Allah, distances us from you, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Allah grant us the tawfiq of doing all that pleases you, Ya Allah. Grant us the tawfiq of performing our five times salah with jama'ah, Ya Allah. Grant us khushu and khudu in our salah, Ya Allah. Enable us to recite the Qur'an Sharif daily, Ya Allah. Enable us to be forever in your remembrance, Ya Allah. Save us from ghaflat, Ya Allah. Save us from heedlessness and neglect, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Mubarak month is with us, Ya Allah. Enable us to appreciate these Mubarak moments, Ya Allah. Allahumma barik lana fi rajabi wa sha'ban wa balighna Ramadan. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, enable us to reach the Mubarak month of Ramadan, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, you keep us in the entire ummah to the afiyat, Ya Allah. Bless us to the afiyat in our deen, Ya Allah. Bless us to the afiyat in our dunya, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nasaluka al-affa wal-afiyya wal-mu'afata al-da'ima. في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار إله العالمين يا الله أولوز وسيك يفدم شفاء كاملة عاجلة مستمرة دائمة يا الله removed every trace of their ailments يا الله يا الله give us shifa from all of our spiritual ailments يا الله give us shifa from all of our physical ailments يا الله يا الله those are any financial difficulties and hardships removed with afiyat يا الله يا الله fulfill each one's pious aspirations يا الله fulfill each one's dies needs يا الله Save each one from all the difficulties of dunya and akhirat, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Save us from all kinds of calamities and hardships and azaab, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, we are indeed very sinful, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, but your mercy is most unlimited, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Drape us in your mercy, Ya Allah. Ilahul alameen, Ya Allah. Give us a tawfiq of sincere tawbah, Ya Allah. Grant us a tawfiq of sincere tawbah, Ya Allah. Let us turn towards you, Ya Allah. Ya Allah, all the things that we are facing is due to our own actions, Ya Allah. This is our sins that are bringing down difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah. Give us the realization, Ya Allah. Give us the topic of Tawbah, Ya Allah. Give us the topic of getting back fully onto Deen, Ya Allah. Enable us to shun all the sin and vice, Ya Allah. Save us from the sins of the eyes, Ya Allah. The sins of the ears and tongue, Ya Allah. 
the sins of the hands and feet, Ya Allah, the sins of the heart, Ya Allah, enable us to, Ya Allah, immerse our hearts in your obedience and remembrance, Ya Allah. Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, and all those who asked us to make dua for them, all who have raised their hands to this dua, Ya Allah, fulfill each one's jai's needs, Ya Allah, fulfill each one's pious aspirations, Ya Allah, from each one every khair and barakat and afiyat, Ya Allah, remove each one's difficulties and hardships, Ya Allah, Ilahul Alameen, Ya Allah, whatever we've asked for, Ya Allah, grant it to us, Ya Allah, but we should have been asking for and did not ask Ya Allah, bless us with that as well, Ya Allah. Allahumma inna nas'aluka min khayri ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa na'udhu bika min shadi ma sa'adaka minhu nabiyuka wa habibuka sayyiduna Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam anta al-musta'an wa alayka al-balaq wa la hawla wa la quwata illa billahi al-adhi al-azim wa sallallahu ta'ala ala khayri khalqihi sayyiduna Muhammad wa alihi wa sahabi gna'in walhamdulillah